0: Guys, today is Peter Olosoji from LendInvest. Both of you saw him speak at a recent mortgage lenders conference and were so impressed. You've tracked him down from Romford, dragged him down to Leafy Berkshire to talk to us today. You have
1: two-year swap rates, five-year swap rates, seven-year swap rates, 10-year up to about 30 years. And the two and five-year rates are so high now that we're having to pass on that. Um, that rate increase to the to the client essentially yeah and the Sonya swap rates are are determined by a few things inflation um the the, uh, base rate has just gone up again
0: so what is it about peter and his business that made you track him down and drag him into the podcast studio
2: i think we've been really keen to get a lender on but where you've got a complex lender rather than a high street lender for investors I think Peter's going to share a lot of pearls of wisdom of exactly what goes through the mind of a creative lender like LendInvest. And whether it's a HMO, whether it's bridging finance, whether it's you know portfolio purchasing or, or something else, we're going to ask him the questions around how that's working and also how he's finding the market at the moment. So he knows his stuff, although he's been in it a short period of time, it's such a niche part of finance that he knows the ins and outs of exactly that business and the company I think is very very much a progressive and forthcoming company that will be in the market for a long time so yeah we were imp- impressed with him on the stage and it'd be interesting to hear some of the answers to the questions we've got wouldn't
3: it yeah definitely I mean by far he was the best presenter of the evening uh, and there was probably five similar lenders uh, on the presentation and he was the one that stood out to me and the first thing we said was let's get him on the podcast yeah because the, the amount of information that guy can share on our podcast to investors is is going to be second to
2: none but in fact straight after his presentation i remember saying to him can i have one of your business cards to get you on the podcast he's like i'm just giving them all out so yeah. there you go um so if you're listening stay listening because this is going to be a good one it's going to be uh, i think we've we'll probably got a long podcast this one because we've got a lot to cover so it's going to be something let's cut this chat and let's bring peter into the studio then okay so peter thank you very much for joining us Thank you for looking me. forward to talking about lend invest and looking forward to talking about bridging buy to lets all sorts of finance from the investing world at the moment yeah. and as we walked in there was a a change in all of our apps alerting us that obviously the base rate has changed as well as of today, another half a percent as we're recording. So everything that we're going to talk about today, you know, is going to be super current, but we can't predict what the future holds. But just give us a little bit of an insight into exactly what LendInvest does.
1: Yeah, so uh, LendInvest, um, we we pretty much advertise ourselves as a whole of market sort of lender. Uh, we've been in the market since 2007 uh founded by christian and ian thomas um and and they came off the back of the uh, of course the credit crunch at that time and everything that was happening in the market it was crazy time and they thought yes this is a great time to uh yeah to start a business so they, they they started off with bridging finance solely so it was all bridging finance um and resi bridging essentially uh, and then as they got more funding they started to, to look at some development finance uh, and then in 2017 they introduced a buy to let product um we came in very bullish with you know low rates. You know came into the market and said, "Hey, we're doing this thing now. This is important. Come and talk to us about it. Come and you know come take some some of our money, essentially." Yeah. And um, and we've done so well in buy to let that we almost flipped its head and we became uh, a lender that was known for buy to let that also does bridging. When in fact we were a lender that always dumped, almost did bridging and started doing buy to lets and. Then as the market changed and, and things changed and we, we expanded our criteria, um we we increased the rates, um and then we became known as a bit more of a quirky sort of lender. Um and now we're in a market now where we as you've mentioned the rates are just going up every minute now. Yeah. Um so a bit of context to how we're funded on the buy to let so we're funded by a few uh, a few larger banks and investment funds. So for instance, uh, National Australia Bank, Citibank, HSBC, Barclay. So we have funding lines from all of these. Uh, these institutional uh, lenders um and what you have to do essentially is they stipulate that you have to take out a sonya swap rate with the money that we're borrowing from them to then lend to to landlords um and the sonya swap rate replaced the libor um because there was you know there was some apparent fraud with the libor rate but the sonya swap rate is the overnight rate at which banks lend to each other um and because of that swap rate going up um you know consistently uh they basically believe so you you buy it's hard to explain but you have 2 year swap rates 5 year swap rates 7 year swap rates 10 year up to about 30 years and the 2 and 5 year rates are so high now that we are having to pass on that um that rate increase to the to the yeah. client essentially yeah and the sonya swap rates are are determined by a few things inflation um the the uh, base rate that's just gone up again um the war in Ukraine um you know, loads and loads of different things that Everything I, I don't know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're now in a market where the rates don't matter as much, but what matters more to clients we're seeing is how soon can we get this buy to the over the line? Mm-hmm. Um, and the lenders that are getting the most business are the ones that are doing it quickly because you might go into a lender on Tuesday at a rate of four, four percent. And by the time you've got to an offer, the rates have gone up and you have to take this new, new rate so a lot there's a lot of frustration in the market with it was frustration now it seems to be a bit more understanding from clients where they know they you know i can't take two weeks to send my broker this information i've got to get this in yeah. a, today to secure this rate um so it's, it's a weird place in the market right now but yeah that's an overview of, of, of lend invest and, and where we're at um we do bridging buy to let and development finance and we're going to introduce home loans actually by the end of the year uh, residential home loans
2: Awesome. So it's, it's it's expanding nicely and it's nice that it started in that marketplace because it's learned it's learned the really tough part of the market yeah. and then it's experienced the yeah. the really good part of the yeah, market as well exactly. that we've seen. I'm interested to ask a question just almost dumb it down a little bit yeah, in terms of yeah. when you've got something like HSBC or mm. I think it's a Bank of Australia that's yeah. funding you. Yeah. So I guess the question that goes through my mind why are they not doing it themselves is it because they just don't want that complex nature of the type of deals that you're putting together exactly
1: that exactly that and and that's what you see in a market so with brokers um, i mean the rates are still going up for the for the for the main banks where deposits is where they get their money so the NatWest and the hsbc barclays all of those guys their rates are still going up just based on the 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 bank rate essentially but they won't accept the sort of cases that we look at day to day. So we do a lot of complex limited company transactions. Uh, We can look at um, um, incorporations quite easily. So going from uh, personal name to limited companies, uh, we're we're happy with those. We can look at businesses with a number of sit codes about, I think we've got about 53 sit codes that are acceptable to us, whereas most banks and and even some specialist lenders have fixed around three or four sit codes. Um, and it's and the complex properties, so large HMOs up to fifteen rooms, uh, multi units up to ten units, holiday lets, um, and just the, the ease of putting a deal through a specialist lender like LendInvest is completely different to going to the bank. You've got to, you've got to do cash flow forecasts, business plans. They're looking at all your accounts. It's a ball ache. Um, whereas a lot of a lot of landlords are have got complex properties and complex structures to their business. So we fit that um, that sort of client. Um, yeah. And that's where, that's where we're, we're still yeah. alive today, I guess. I think it's the biggest frustration
2: that a lot of buy-to-let landlords have is they know it works. They mm. know there's a deal. They know there's an opportunity or they wouldn't be putting their name forward. Yeah. But because most standard high street banks and lenders operate on a tick box process, yeah. Yeah. it just it becomes a no, doesn't it, yeah. Mike? And it's yeah, the I biggest frustration.
0: We, just by chance, we've had this conversation this week. We're looking at properties where... Uh, tenancy tenants are on occupation agreements, which means you can't remove that tenant. Sure. But those occupation agreements also are tied to RPI plus two percent, so the rents are flying. Sure. Yeah. And you're just looking at it thinking that's twenty five percent below market value. You can't get a tenant out. Lender's not going to touch me, yeah. just because you can't get possession of the property. Mm. And it's it's we can see that as a property investor that it's a no brainer mm. because at some point. Unfortunately for the tenant, that agreement will become so ugly to them, they're going to move themselves out and yeah. you can resell that property or re-rent it. You resell the property for a 30% markup or you can re-rent property on an AST and and, and put it back on a normal buy-to-let mortgage. But there's nobody out there or there seems to be nobody out there that can yeah. touch you and it's, it's maybe trying to find these people who will just look at it as a human rather than look at it on... Yeah. On the the computer says no kind of yeah. metrics that you get on a normal buy to let mortgage. Definitely, that's that's something that we've literally had this week yeah. just yeah. by chance. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. tough and I haven't heard of a situation like that before.
0: There's a few for yeah. sale, really. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. good deals. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a particular there's a particular corporation that's that's basically taking them all on. Really, and now they kind of looked at it and thought this doesn't work for no. us we're moving them on, but yeah. like you say, there's opportunities in right. there. And yeah. if you sit down with someone and explain that in a business plan format, yeah, yeah. and you can, you can you know, I guess, sustain it for the next couple of years as, as a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. And someone's making money somewhere out of it. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. you yeah. know, it, it's looking at it that way. What trends have you seen? Obviously you, your product line has evolved, which yes. is great, but what trends have you seen now that you're doing as a lender yeah. different types of specialist lending what what sort of investing trends have you seen is there is there any yeah. direction that it's gone significantly yeah
1: it's interesting so um if you read uh, some of the articles and then you look at what lend best particularly are, are, are doing all the sort of cases that we're seeing um especially in my area so i actually only cover southeast um so um no the south no, yeah, I cover the south east and a bit of the southwest. Mm-hmm. I'm just all over the place, to be honest, yeah. I live in Romford mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I travel down all the way um, uh, west and then I go, go south. So similar well. to us in terms of location,
2: yeah. home county sort of core and then a little bit exactly. outside of that. Exactly,
1: yeah. then I have random ones in like Kent and whatever. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, what, what I've seen personally is, um, well, for one, obviously the yields are, are, are lower down here. Um, so what I've seen for one is a lot of landlords looking to go on to uh, repayment uh, or capital and interest um, uh, mortgages to repay some of that down and then get onto a, a lower loan to value uh, mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them are trying to get off the interest only. Uh, I'm seeing more HMOs down here as well, more um, more interest in HMOs, um, yeah. especially because some lenders like us look at the investment value of the property as opposed to just the bricks and mortar value. Um, and and I am seeing a lot of landlords adding to their portfolio, so I'm seeing more additions to portfolio than I'm seeing new landlords come on come on the market. Um, there is a lot of talk that because of where rates are right now, um, you know, your standard uh, one property landlord is is likely to get rid of their property, um, and then that's going to create more opportunities on a resi market, and of course, more opportunities for portfolio landlords um, to pick up some of those properties. Um, so, yeah, I would say those are the main trends that we're seeing, or uh, well, I'm seeing personally. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably it. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's inter- I think HMOs have become down here
2: very popular, mm. probably over the last 10 years. But I think how HMOs started and how they are looked at now is very, very different. Because at the beginning, it was mm. kind of anyone finds a townhouse, turns the first floor living room into yeah. an extra bedroom rents it out for three hundred and fifty four hundred pound yeah. a a room and it's yeah. a win and then all of a sudden restrictions and realize yes. it was yeah, covenants yeah, yeah. and yeah. now actually the professional HMOs that we see around here um we had another Peter actually on our, our podcast that yeah. um does HMOs specifically and you know they are Quality, really really high standard, and they're getting on some of their their rooms with en suites, more money than you get a one bed flat (laughs) because they're just unbelievable, and the community vibe to them as well. With obviously the lockdown and stuff, you know, you'd look at those. I I never quite know. You mentioned there that you look at it as an investment value rather than the bricks and mortar value. I never quite know. I see HMOs go for sale, and you think right, it's twenty percent up on market value because it's a HMO. has been set up. I never see them sell at that. It's interesting. Mm. I, I don't know whether they hold value to another HMO investor, knowing that you could buy the next door for 20% yeah, less and just do it that's yourself. That's
1: a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it either. To be yeah. That. I just, yeah. I
2: don't know. It's an interesting one because I just haven't ever, I see them go on. I think, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. You realize what it is and you think, okay, but I don't think they ever really mm. sell at that. Yeah. At
0: I think day to day, month to month, it's fine to finance against that but like you say if you're a hmo investor generally speaking you're at the professional end of being a landlord yeah because your mr and mrs smith are gonna they're the guys who are going to keep one apartment in a brand new block just ticking over the guys people who own hmos are going to be professionals and they're going to want some skin in the games they're not going to pay retail price or or whatever you want to call it for something they're going to want the best value, which which generally means getting your hands dirty and having it done yourself nine times out of 10.
2: Can we talk um, bridging? I know that's yes. kind of what you said yeah. originally. That I was Len- itching to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, just because LendInvest is, is yeah. known for that from the outset. And yes. when, when we first met, that was the presentation that I yes. saw you do. And it was really interesting. And I'm so thankful you come on the podcast to talk about it as well, because... It's a word that's feared, isn't it? It's it's (laughs) in property. People go, oh, bridging? Jeez. Couldn't
0: possibly. Yeah. People just see it as the the burning cash at the end of the (laughs) garden in a suitcase. Like, I can't possibly bridge. Won't even look at it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just see estate agents there's certain buzzwords in our industry for the ones that wear ties we don't where they just go (laughs) and you know things like subsidence or bridging or not weed not weed (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. or cash mortgage and you're like what's what's happening here what's a cash mortgage then you are not a cash buyer um but there's certain buzzwords in our industry and bridging is one but the more and more you know I look into it and the more and more we look at investments and the more we look at options and the more education that's out there, especially yeah. with social media. Yeah, with Tom, yeah, a broker yeah. on yesterday, and he said first time buyers that he talks to now are more educated than he's ever yeah, experienced yeah, because imagine. of social media. Yeah, it's not yeah. all the right education, <laughs> yeah. but they know what yeah. they're talking about yeah, in exactly. reason. Yeah. Um so talk to us about bridging. Well yeah. let, let's dumb it down to the basic level of w- when it works and it makes yes. sense. Yeah,
1: no so so yeah you're completely right that the the attitude around bridging is changing. Um and it's changing it changes because of different things i i guess i haven't been in the industry for that long uh, i've been in the industry for about 4 or 5 years uh, but i can imagine what the rates of bridging were like mm. before compared to what they they are now bridging has totally just taken a nose dive and it's 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 creeping up again because of what's happening right right now but it's it's the lowest it's ever been essentially uh, and buy-to-let rates, which were low, are now creeping up. So sometimes it's you're looking at the difference in rates over 12 months, and there's not a big difference. Yeah. And bridging works a lot um, for for a particular reasons. So, for instance, you have you might have a first-time landlord actually that wants to start their own um, portfolio, um, and they're looking at properties around, around, and they're looking at what they can get, and they need to get something under market value potentially to get them going, do a bit of work. Uh, to the property and then refinance at the market at the new market value that's a that's a very standard a to b put some money in get your money out and then rent it mm-hmm. you know that that just makes sense right and you're not going to be able to do that on a buy to let maybe because the, that property doesn't fit certain criteria right now maybe it needs to be maybe it's not uh maybe it's on what's the word inhabitable yes yeah, so it might, that's not, that's have it might example, not have a kitchen as an example so it yeah. can't
2: be lent on from a normal buy to let
1: or just the rent levels today, as it looks like, as it looks today, just doesn't make sense to pull it on a mortgage. You need to increase the rent by a little bit with a lick of paint, or yeah. um, you know, change the living room, whatever it is. Yeah. So it if, just, if it, if it sense. is a hovel, it yeah. will
2: be very difficult to get the stress test on the rent to stack up exactly, and that that is probably quite a common problem that exactly. I know a lot yeah. of brokers find at the moment. Yeah, so bridging might be a way of saying okay, well, in three months, that's gonna look completely different. If exactly I get the that. mortgage valuation done then, yeah. you're gonna have no problems valuing that at 1,500. But exactly, I can yeah. see why it's only gonna get 1050 today, because exactly. it's a dive.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no, that's, exactly that. that's when bridging comes that's in. What, that's when it makes sense. And and, and typically a bridging lender will, will keep the term as a 12 month term. But if you can flip that onto a buy to let within three months, then mm-hmm. you're laughing because you've paid interest for three months. You paid, let's say, I don't know, 0.75% mm-hmm. for three months you get the interest back if you exit early um, and you've just stuck out on a buy to let mortgage and you've got you've got tenants and you can probably line up the tenants before you've, um, you know, flipped it onto the buy to let anyways. Um, and then you get a bit more knowledge from the market that way you know what other uh, other properties in the similar area, similar um, um, size are, are going for on rent and you can maybe just increase it a little bit or, or maybe keep it the same. Um, I think bridging makes sense where, where you know, me and my friends actually were looking. So I, I've only got, I've got one residential property. Um, my missus has got one uh, for herself as well. And me and my mates are looking at areas where it just makes sense. Why don't we just quickly, you know, put our money together, put a deposit down on that, do yeah. a bit of work. Um, pull the money out. Pull the money out. It's just, it, 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 it makes sense. Um, it makes sense, but it makes, sometimes it makes less sense when, You've put a lot of money in um and then what you're getting back on the rent versus the mortgage isn't as great. Um and there's not a lot left and you know, especially with the the maintenance costs that you might have to factor in and, and all of that stuff. I'm nowhere near knowing what it's like to be a landlord, to be honest. But I feel like it's a very step by step, easy thing to to do. And I say easy with <laughs> I say I say easy loosely. I think the property investor knows
2: what a deal looks like yeah that you'd like to think that a shrewd property investor knows what a deal looks like, yeah. and then after that, how educated are they, how aware are they yeah. of the options they've got to finance that deal, yeah because no property investor wants to buy something cash, mm. they just don't yeah, so if it's going to cost them two hundred and fifty quid a month more for five months than it would do on a normal, but they then can pull their cash out, revalue it, it passes the stress test, they've got another property under their portfolio. It makes sense. You mentioned 0.75 on the interest a month. So when you look at a normal buy to let, you would say, let's do a five year fixed, and let's say the interest rate is 4% for ease of numbers. You can work out what it's gonna cost you monthly and and the interest that you're gonna pay annually but in bridging yeah. the 0.75 when you look at it as a sort of hook rate it's yeah. like oh that sounds sexy yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Are, we, are we talking about the interest is they paid monthly
1: on so yes yeah so it's, it's, it's 0.75 a month but with bridging what you tend to do is you retain the interest so you're not paying you're not making any monthly payments on a bridge mm-hmm. what they do is they take off 0.75 percent a month off the top that you have borrowed Um, And then you receive less, but you pay back what you borrowed, if that makes sense. So you might have borrowed 100K um, at 0.75% a month. And after the fees and the interest, you probably receive about, I don't know, let's call it 83K. Um, And then you still have to pay uh, 100K at the end of of the process. But um, you don't pay, or you can choose not to pay interest um, monthly. You receive less. Mm -hmm. Or you do pay the interest monthly and you receive more. Okay. Okay. In your bank, if that makes sense. So,
2: you've got the flexibility, you have the flexibility to yeah. yeah. so almost say, I owe you on the interest, yes. or I'll take it now, exactly, so that I know where I stand at the end,
3: exactly. That. Okay, yeah. and mm-hmm. is there a typical arrangement fees with that as well?
1: Yeah, typically about two percent uh, arrangement fee. Um, it can be as low as one, dependent on who your broker is. Some brokers are okay to, to reduce their, their commission on those. Um, so that's that's a point, that's a good point that you make. So with that scenario that I said it was quite a simple A to B. What you do get is you pay an you pay an arrangement fee for the bridge, and then you pay us another arrangement fee for the buy to let. So that can discourage some people because you might pay two percent there and two percent there as well, um, and that, obviously that's two percent on what you've borrowed. Um, so that 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 can discourage you to to go down that route. But again, if you're going to get your money out after a couple of years, um, then then why not?
3: The bridging, in my opinion, is known for a short-term solution. Exactly. So the, the amount you'll save short-term to refinance to get that money out is yeah. more beneficial than exactly. if it's a, a two-year plan, it's probably not beneficial.
1: Yeah, yeah, bridging has got to be short-term. It's got to be for it, for it to make sense. The, the the bridging deals that I've seen that are longer than that are usually land deals. So, uh, for instance, if they're getting uh, purchasing some land to then get planning to then convert it into a development loan, and then they're already really seeing the profits once they've sold uh, those those properties. But that's a long game and, and developers are happy with that sort of risk and they understand that. And they probably got a decent portfolio anyways. Um, but yeah, bridging should be very short term. Yeah, so.
2: Auctions are something yes, that yeah. I have seen spike over the last three months. The mm. amount of properties, not so much in the home counties where we operate, mm. but if you look south coast, if you look Midlands up north. Yeah. It seems like nearly one in three properties listed, mm. you know, under three hundred grand mm. across the country seem to be available for auction. Yeah. I've never known anything like it, to be mm. honest, you know, since sort of back in 08 or whatever it may yeah. be. Um, do you are you doing a lot of finance yeah. for auction buyers yeah. at the moment?
1: Yeah, we are. So um there was actually a period uh, around some yeah, probably like spring summer this year, we're doing a lot of auction uh, finance and um difficulty at that time was that there was a lot of delays with, with the legals um so we, we've we seen a lot of requests for extensions um on the 28 days to complete on the auctions um, but yeah no auction auction finance is always always going to be popular i think with, with us just because we're set up in in a in a great way for to say to the client hey we can take this we can get it done on time and then we can flip it onto buy to let it, if you want to retain it or you can sell it um but yeah there's there there is a lot of interest with auctions and simply because people are looking for a deal right there's mm. this is there's, there's a right time to be looking for for a deal with with everything going up like you know it just it just makes sense um but yeah we are yeah
2: and you mentioned, I think, Christian and Ian. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great name, Ian. Uh, <laughs> so those guys, when you're talking in your kind of, you know, business development meetings or yeah. your, your 2023 forecast, and I'm sure you're sitting down around table. T- I'm not yeah. asking for the for the <laughs> secrets. <laughs> for the biggest, yeah. But what what kind of chats are you having about what's next for LendInvest? What what area do you mm. think is the next growth area for you as a lender?
1: Yeah, so, um, so if we talk about buy-to-let, um, the focus is to expand our criteria a bit more um, to look at more sorts of uh, quirkier cases um, i'm not saying these are things that we're going to do but these are things that other lenders do that we don't do so we don't do currently uh, semi-commercial mortgages uh, we don't look at expats currently um, we don't uh, in terms of first-time landlords we can do it on standard properties and small hmos but some lenders look at first-time landlords on that large HMOs as well. It's an area of growth for us. Um, and then if we're looking at what Lend Invest is meant to be, we're meant to be whole of market, right? So we look at the land bridge, we look at the, the land bridge going from no planning to planning, to development, to buy to let. We look at the auction to buy to let, uh, or whichever way it goes, we can, we can can we can look at it. But when it comes to consumer buy to let or home loans, They've got to go somewhere else. So it's that that sort of area where we're looking at: can we expand into this sort of market, consumer buy-to-lets and and uh, and residential um, mortgages as well? Mm. Um, and I, I would say that's probably what we're looking at in the very near future. Everything else is above my pay grade, so I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> the, the, one, the one area
2: that I'm interested in is: yeah. I think there'll be a lot of portfolio to portfolio sales probably next year. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're probably starting to see a generation above our age bracket that mm. are thinking, right, we've been in the game for 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah. We've built a you know, solid portfolio of 10, 11, 20, 30 properties or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But one thing those landlords don't like to do and that generation doesn't like to do is share it with the world. So <laughs> no one's really gonna come to us and probably say, right, I've got 11 properties to sell. Yeah. Can you individually get them all on yeah, right move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I'm gonna probably move my portfolio on, who do you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, so having a finance option where that then becomes appealing mm-hmm. to seller and buyer, yeah. landlord and landlord, most yeah. likely is is quite an interesting one because yeah. it's not as simple as just going to the bank and saying, I'm going to buy this portfolio because okay. the bank are like, well, we want to do it as individual products. Yes. Individual. Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So yeah. often if I went to HSBC and said, right, I'm going to buy seven properties off a landlord, She'll just look at me and just say, <laughs> yeah, like, "What yeah. are are doing here," you yeah, know. Yeah, so, yeah, course, is, is yeah. that something that that you guys can help with on on yes. that basis?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, beginner beginning of this year, I believe we introduced a portfolio product which is sits separately to all of our other products. I did mention so. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, it's it started off as um started at a, a, a minimum loan size of ten million, but now it's increased to twenty million just based on the sort of portfolios that we want to see. And these will be a mix of resi, c- commercial, semi-commercial, but we want to see it um, more skewed on the, on the re- residential side. Um, but these are these are separate products, bespoke products, uh, up to 10-year um, terms. So we'll give a rate. Um, so it's, it will be the swap rate um, plus a, a rate. Um, and I think the rates are sitting around, starting around, Four percent and going up to about six seven um no personal guarantees on those as well which is which is quite interesting uh the client can um be an expat so that they don't need to to be a resident in the uk um but that that product is is quite niche uh, we're not i haven't seen many people walking around or talking to me about 20 you know 20 million you know deals i'd love to see one because then i' Can rest for the rest of the year but um <laughs> so but, could we <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um but no that there is a market for that and some some of our competitors do have those products and i think you're right that will be a, a, a an area of growth in the future i sure.
2: think it's down to i think it's down to the lender or the broker to share the news about it yes i yeah, think it's yeah, down yeah. to let people know yeah. because often you find if that's the solution to someone's Thought process of a problem, Okay, mm. the landlord that would like to sell, but they just don't think it's it's, it's a hassle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, it's yeah. like, and, but they hear about that, it's almost then. It's almost the seller can almost create the business model yeah, for yeah, someone yeah, yeah, to yeah. facilitate the purchase, yeah, and it, it might be that then all of a sudden for us as agents, you know, sort of the the middle ground makes our job a lot easier yeah, yeah, if we know this information because it's like right, that's he's got eight properties. Those eight properties are worth four million. Yeah. The rental is worth X yeah. and the finance package through LendInvest to purchase it with this setup yep, is yeah. this criteria. Yeah. And then we can go to our investment portfolio and say, who's interested? Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. it becomes convenient and easy because yeah. it's black and white. And yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, well, that's straightforward. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's a yes or a no for yeah. me. Um, the other thing that I always wonder with lenders, I'm not putting you on the spot, I'm just <laughs> yeah. talking. That yeah. The thing that I always wonder with lenders is the loan mm. to value, on wanna buy to let. Doesn't change depending on whether someone takes. You mentioned repayment, capital Mm. repayment, and interest, or interest only. And it just always blows my mind that we are talking about loan to values at seventy five percent for a buy to let. Yeah. Whereas, probably the buy to let investor is not the first time buyer, buying on emotions. Mm. They're probably the safer bet. Yeah, yeah. Yet, you can't really get the buy to let. I understand the stress test has to work on the rent, which is a big reason for that. Yeah, exactly. But I almost feel if. If, a, if a, an investor is buying a buy to let and they want to do it on a repayment, mm. then there should be the flexibility to do an 85% loan to value. Because A, they're paying the loan yeah, off yeah, yeah, yeah. and B, they're buying it from a point of view of it's not me that's going to guarantee the, the, yeah, the mortgage yeah, gets yeah. paid, it's the tenant, it's the tenant and yeah, there's yeah. bloody loads of them yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not difficult. But it just, yeah, that, that, that part of it just boggles the mind. I wonder if that yeah. will ever change,
1: I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I haven't heard too much about it, um, you know, internally. Um, I mean, we have an 80% loan-to-value product. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, that wasn't as popular as, as a 75%, just simply just based on rate, up. It's This is so expensive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I know there is a lender out there that was doing an 85% uh, loan-to-value buy-to-let. I think
2: someone dipped their toe in last year. Yes, yeah, I don't know who they were, but I think someone dipped their toe in last year.
1: But no, you no, you're right. I, I think it does. It's all based on risk, isn't it? So it's um, is yeah. There's there's probably way more conversations about it that are the reason why it's not as readily available. But um. I don't, think we'll, I don't think we'll be there whole while. now. No, we'll see, yeah. we'll
2: see. Okay, so Lend Invest cap comes off. Yeah, Tristan comes in with the fire round. Oh, and yes. And this is your opinion. You don't have to worry about it, it coming back on the business. <laughs> we are going to put you on the spot. It is recorded, so we can't
0: We do keep these, no, Chats. Keep, <laughs> so, so get, get ready. This is wrong. where palms get sweaty. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> so question number one is, yes. what happens next in the property market? What happens next? Uh, rates continue to go up. Uh, more properties, more properties go 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 for sale. To, to be honest, I, I think more landlords get rid of some properties that are number one. They're failing EPC, or they, they it's too much work to get the EPC right, and who knows what's what, what's gonna you know, we've been told it's twenty twenty five, and no one's really said yes, it's definitely this or mm. no, it's it's not. So. Who knows? Um, so more landlords might get rid of properties, uh, more more properties available for resi. Um, I wonder what's going to happen with the stamp um talk that Liz Truss is talking about. Um, that would be good, for sure, uh, for first-time buyers. It'd be nice to see the landlords have
2: some sort of opportunity. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it, they took the 3% extra off, you know, that would make a yeah. big difference because yeah. the rental market, as much as people look at it with the property market, they've tried to give first-time buyers more opportunity. They yeah. have done that. Yeah. And I shared a statistic the other day that actually millennials are the fastest-growing home buyer demographic in the oh, UK. Really? Okay. And 25 to 34-year-olds, now 37% of them in the UK are homeowners. They've done that with the 95% yeah, loan-to-values and yeah, yeah. the 90 with their help-to-buys. Yeah. But what's happened is, landlords are selling faster than they're buying. So rental prices have gone out of control. So if you're a first time buyer and you can't stay at home with your parents, you're never getting on the ladder because your rent's too expensive. So it's almost like screwed themselves in that way. So I actually think if we brought more landlords to the market, it would reduce rents and it would increase the the opportunity for tenants. But yeah, yeah, I agree with every single point you said there as well, in terms of what comes next, I I think.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, um, those are the main things that come to mind. Um, I was looking at, I think it was it Scotland that frozen rents yeah hopefully we don't see that here Um, we're quite good at
3: following suit yeah unfortunately (laughs) Unfortunately.
1: I don't yeah I don't I don't see it happening in England but it's yeah I just. it it would be
0: another thing that chases landlords out of an already tough it's just yeah uh, you know pretty unattractive marketplace to be as the amateur sees it anyway amateurs is just seeing themselves getting battered where like you say for every amateur that's selling you're you're finding a professional who's adding to their portfolio but yeah a rent freeze whilst short term i think it would it would ease things from a tenant's perspective Mm -hmm. long term it would cause more tenants more problems for tenants than than they
3: actually know about yeah Yeah. Yeah. but with changes coming in will ease the rental price is going so crazy because more people will hopefully invest in property, which is what's causing it, the lack of stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will change things. Yeah. So if Sorry, you're... that wasn't a quick-fire answer. <laughs> <but> yeah, <laughs> never, a never... okay, <laughs> These are never quick it's become It's become more ironically termed. <laughs> uh, if you invest in a perfect buy-to-let deal tomorrow, what yes. does that
1: look like to you? If I invest in a perfect buy-to-let deal yeah. tomorrow, what does it look like? Um... Perfect, right? i it, hope say so. it'd be on my street for 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 start. That close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For starters, it'd, it'd be it. on my street. I want to see it. <laughs> 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 and uh the, the the tenant would be like a family, a nice like young family uh professionals. Um and I'd be getting my mortgage would be a grand and I'd be getting two grand in rent. <laughs> let me know when you get one of <laughs> I'm happy to be the JV with you <laughs> but yeah no yeah just yeah just I, I want to see it personally I, I'm I, I don't think I could do that up north um personally but I know it makes sense um unless I moved up there but yeah I, I just I just want to be able to see it <clears throat> know who the tenants are um get a feel for what they like and what they need and I can, I can be, you know, just around the corner they need help and um, just, yeah, that, that sort of. I
2: think that's that sort of very, very common for, you know, first, second time landlords yeah. that are looking to do it. They they want that touchy-feely nature of it yeah. and that's why they're investing in property because you say all the time, Mike, you can drive past it and see it. Yes, yeah. You know, when you put things in the stock market or other investing strategies, <laughs> <laughs> where did that go?
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had a family debate actually the other day. Uh, so one guy, he, he does a lot of it investments so uh, the stock market all of that stuff and then one one guy is a landlord the professional landlord with about seven or eight um and they did like this whole i was it was just going over my head but they did this whole calculation on how much his investment would be worth in 30 years versus his investment but he basically said he doesn't care what he's saying i can actually see what is happening to my properties on a day-by-day basis and you know i can i can touch it whereas you don't know what's going to happen with yours you can assume it's going to go there with all of the I don't even know, you know what he called it, but uh, accumulations and accumulators and all of this stuff. But yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's good to have a mix of both. But for me, yeah, I, I would go down the. There's, a con, there's, there's the control
0: aspect of control. it. You can see it, you yeah. can touch it, and yeah. you know people will always need somewhere to live. Exactly. So you've got the safety of that. Whereas yeah. if you asked a landlord thirty years ago, should I should I invest in Woolworths, uh, <laughs> Arcadia Group yeah. and Marks and Spencers yeah. or should I buy a property? That would have been a tough choice to make because yeah, they were yeah. premier yeah, brands yeah, yeah. Of, of high street retail. Well, they were the pinnacle of high street retail. Yeah. Now, yeah, Marks and Spencers still sort of rumbles on and no yeah. one really knows what they're about mm. but your property still rented yeah, yeah, out yeah, every single day of the week. So yeah. to some extent it's a control thing. You can just see it. It's there. It's standing. It's bricks and mortar. Yeah. And reasonably uneducated you can see what's happening with house prices yeah, yeah. reasonably uneducated unless you go into the AGM of these companies mm-hmm. and you understand who's on the board yeah. and what they're doing yeah. how do you know how they're performing what they're doing what they're putting their money into where they're going next that's exactly you've got to spend your time really digging into those yeah. things or really spreading your bet with a with a share
3: portfolio mm. And finally, what's the best single piece of advice you can give the listeners out there that are looking to invest in property for the first time?
1: Okay, so what I would say is, number one, do your research. Um, look at the area. Um, look, Try and see if you can speak to somebody somebody that's invested in that area before or has a few investments in that area. That's a tough thing to get. Um, that's a very tough thing to to get. Valuable
2: advice, so yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, just yeah, just getting some some good advice. Um, speaking to a broker that knows what they're talking about. There are a lot of good brokers out there, um, and probably somebody somebody like you guys can tell can direct them to the good brokers because if you just go online and type broker, you you don't you don't have a clue what what that person's talking yeah. about or whether they they've got the experience that they say they have. Sorry, um, so yeah, just just yeah, get some some valuable advice. Do your research. And actually, don't wait too long. Um, I was talking to one of uh, one of my friends who's a broker, and she's invested in I don't know, God knows how many properties. And every time she sees me, and she says, "Have you have you bought one yet?" And then I'll, I'll be like, "No, I'm just I'm just still uh, figuring stuff out." And then she will be like, "Well, the prices are different from the last time you we spoke about it." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, but like I want to make sure this is right and this is right, and you know, it's not raining that day and all of this stuff." And yeah. she's just like, "You can't." You can't just wait around for the perfect opportunity. You've just got to go for it and make it happen. And she told me that a month ago and I still haven't known anything, but it is it is good advice. And I will give that advice to somebody else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great shout. I think so many people just procrastinate on it. Yeah. They just, they delay, they question, they're looking for perfect. Yeah. Perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to strike yeah. and you know the people that, that went, right, let's strike 18 months ago have done very, very well on their equity growth compared to the people that are still looking. And, you know, you've got those, um, people that kind of bark at the moon that think you know that the world is going to implode <laughs> yeah. next year yeah, yeah. okay it might be difficult it's not yeah. going to implode the, market, you know, the government won't let the market implode it's yeah. just not fact
0: is it was going to implode this year it was going to implode the year before <laughs> yeah. it was going to implode in 2020 yeah, 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 yeah. in 2019 2018 yeah. we were still talking about well yeah. the secular night cycle is going to yeah. come back around yeah it will do at some point but you only make a loss if you if you cash it in right yeah, so yeah, i think yeah, yeah. Most most people, when they give their advice, the advice is find the right team, find the right power team. That's absolutely right. But yeah. that I, I think it's dead on. Don't wait yeah. because, yeah, 18 months ago, you would have bought a house 20% cheaper and the mortgage rate would have been what? Half it is now. Mm. So if you wait for another 18 months, 24 months every potential same yeah. thing can happen again.
1: Exactly. Do you know what?
2: Today might be the cheapest day to buy property. <laughs> We've heard <laughs> it before. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> say, TM'd Mark that and it is there. I'm getting the t-shirt. No, loved it. Um Great knowledge. Thank you so much for coming on. You, really guys. interesting. It's really interesting to hear you know, a, a lender like Lend invest and the dynamic sort of approach they take for property investing. And it's nice to hear that it's a human to human conversation rather than a yeah. tick box process. And um, we'll put obviously in the show notes and in any of the content, contact details yeah, for course, yourself yeah. so that people can reach out and ask you questions if, if they see fit. But yeah. yeah, really, really appreciate you coming on and thank thanks you for guys. sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thank you. Gents, Peter's left the building. It was a great podcast. There's, there's a lot to cover. He started off with some some complex conversations so hopefully everyone stayed with us uh through that part because i could see a few of us were thinking wow where are we going to go with the direction of this (laughs) podcast but then we got very much into the facts and the figures uh trends of what's going on with the market and also just a different way of thinking it's nice to get a lender on rather than a broker on because you see from a lender's eyes especially a creative lender a completely different way of thinking about investing and very much a way that we're quite keen on because it's more human to human rather than human to tick box. Um, enjoyed it, Mike. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I really did. It's good to see from the lender's perspective, what makes their rates, their rates. Yeah. They're not just the the high street banks following the trend of, a, of an interest rate rise from, from the government. They're looking at the commercial money that they can borrow, their lending streams, and then what they have to put on top of that to make it real. And as you said, they have humans looking at applications and just off camera he said that they can turn around a mortgage application in 24 hours with documents so that's because they're doing it at a real niche level so that was really fascinating to hear
3: yeah definitely tristan takeaways bridging can be quite daunting so it's nice to have peter here to explain what it is and why the fees are justified for the price i like mike said because I've done a few videos with a kill talking about the process and how switching it into then refinancing and taking your money back out. But when you actually break down the numbers on a short-term uh, purchase, it is actually financially viable for a lot of people out that They just don't know the process. So it's nice for him to share that information.
2: Yeah, if you've got the right investment opportunity and you need an option to get to normal and bridging is that option and you're not aware about it, but now you are, you're going to look at investments in a whole different way. And I think that's, for me, what I've learned about bridging over recent years is it's not, it's not scary because it's a short-term means to a hopefully fantastic investment. So people shouldn't be put off by bridging as long as it's used right and it's a tool that's used by shrewd investors correctly to make them you know, add to their portfolio or make their money. And that's what Bridging is about. And I think he articulated that fantastically well. And I think there'll probably be a lot of questions that people have got after this or a lot of thoughts around maybe just a slightly different dimension within their um, sourcing research, I think, after the back of this conversation, this podcast. So, yeah, definitely, definitely good takeaways for me. Hopefully the listeners and the watchers really enjoyed it. We'll be back next Friday. There's another cracker in the bank and I'm looking forward to next week's episode as well. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords could land on where they're not being sold something.
0: I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask
2: that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year, yeah. but why not just
0: open the floor out and just say,
2: well,
3: is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously your stamp duty, cost that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for.
2: We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.